Welcome to San Diego Magazine's Happy Half Hour. We are a fun food and drink focused podcast about all things restaurants, bars, cocktails in San Diego. We're coming at you from a sponsored location this week. We're so excited to be sponsored by Brew 30 at the Manchester Grand Hyatt. We are fun. We are fun. This is very Oh my God, look fun. at this table, you guys. <laughs> it's that, insane. That voice is Troy Johnson. He's our food critic uh, and editor at large at the magazine and co-host of this podcast. Yes. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I love doing this because, well, there's about 17,000 calories on the table right now. We have a lot of food in front of us. I've worked, about, I've worked through about 300 so far and I'm aiming toward about 2,200 today. We have Archie Ram here with us as well. She's working her way through a, what kind of dog is that? Chicago? It's a Chicago dog. Chicago dog. So Archie delicious. is an editor at the magazine. She co-hosts the podcast. She does a lot of work to produce it as does David Martin. If you would like us to come down to your location and sponsor this podcast, uh, call David or email David. He's the guy that will hook you up. Um, and in case you haven't listened, we, we tell you about news in the San Diego restaurant scene. Um, we're going to talk with our sponsor, uh, Brew 30 from the Manchester Grand Hyatt. This we place have, is cool. I know. It's very cool. I, I mean, I, I, it's very busy for a yeah. you know, middle of the week lunch. I mean, we're here on, we are here on a Monday. Right, I shouldn't even. Yeah, I, I mean, we are here on a Monday, and it's you know, it's it, it's twelve o'clock, and this place is absolutely jam packed. Um, I guess uh, I should have invested in this restaurant. You probably should have. Yeah, I know. Volume. I guess I should have money to invest first. We have a very interesting special guest coming up as well. Um, we have an archivist here from Cal State San Marcos who is who is busy archiving every beer. In San Diego? Like Her- everything craft beer everything. in San Diego. She's Anything. basically literally the walking encyclopedia, the walking library of San Diego brewing and beer. She is just waiting in the wings. Can't wait to talk to you guys. That's just a shitty job. I mean, you know, it's just, it's so bad. Off before we started the show, she said that's one of her most common things people say to her is, how do I get your job? <laughs> exactly. We're going to find out how. Okay, Archana, really quick. Hit me with some french fries and then let's do hot plates. I'm going to hit you with some french fries. <laughs> um, so in Rancho Santa Fe, there was a restaurant called Caesars. It was a Spanish tapas bar. They did like dollar oysters for happy hour, things like that. And they've switched concepts. Now they're called Table Food and Drink, and they're doing American food, and there's a new head chef. Um, and the co-owner actually has quite a resume. His name is Richard Mazera, and he had worked for Alice Waters in Berkeley at Chez Panisse. And honestly, everyone really loved Caesars. I think oh, some people are pretty sad to see that switch over. But new chef, new menu, new times. I mean, this guy is big. He was, I mean, uh, Richard Mazara, I mean, it's a really big addition to San Diego's food scene. I mean, he was... 14 years he was the GM at Chez Panis, which is like the, the locus and where like West Coast food started. That farm to table movement almost started at Chez Panis with Alice Waters. You know, so they'll switch it up, but I mean this guy obviously knows what he's doing. Rancho Santa Fe is not an easy place to have a restaurant, you know, but if anybody can make it, that pedigree will. And it's called Table Food and Drink. Table food and drink. Yeah. Table food plus drink. Plus drink. Now you have to. I mean, so I, I'm 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 basically p- making the call out to everybody out there, all of our listeners. You've got to go up there and try this guy's food because I mean, with that kind of pedigree, and he was an assistant or a, a um, protege of Wolfgang Puck as well. You know, so this, this kid's this kid. He's like, I, I don't think he's a kid anymore. <laughs> this man. This man is is definitely got the pedigree. All right, I'm gonna go try it. What else, Archie? And then all the way more south, um, Salute is expanding their Barrio Logan location. Um, if you've seen it, it's on Logan Avenue. It's um, you know around the corner from La Bodega Gallery. It is always packed with people. They do tacos, and it's a short menu, but a really good menu. And finally, they're expanding, and their new adjacent space is going to be called La Bamba Room. They're going to be doing brunch and more drinks and stuff, which is good. Every time I want to go there, it's so packed. Mm-hmm. But they're also opening a second location in the Midway Liberty Station area this summer. I mean, look, if you're going into Barrio Logan and you're going to try and do a taco shop... That's like going into Philadelphia and trying to do you know, a Philly cheesesteak shop, and it is always packed. I mean, you're right next to um, Las Cuatro Milpas, you know, or within the same.
same neighborhood. That's a legendary taco. And these guys have done great. And the New York Times even featured them in two yeah. what was 2015 or 16, I forget. And they were previously a catering company. Mm-hmm. And then they expanded. It was like San Diego taco catering or something like that. But then that's how Salud was born. I am one part man, one part taco. Yep. yep. If you okay. haven't been, you guys definitely should go. And just really quick, as Archon is running through these hot plates, um, don't worry about writing everything down. If you haven't listened to this podcast yet, you can go to San Diego Magazine.com afterwards mm-hmm. and we link to everything that we talk about. So don't uh, worry about remembering it all. We've got one more. What else? Harumama is now open in Little Italy. It's on that corner of Columbia and Fur at the base of an apartment building. It's that old um, La Sirena Cocina oh, space. Yeah. You know, they switched concepts a couple times and that didn't work out. And this is from the team behind Blue Ocean Robata Sushi and Pokewon. And their whole thing is very Instagram friendly. It's these steamed buns in animal shapes that look like pigs, that look like pandas. Like, So get ready to see that on Instagram. But they also have salads and ramen and sushi. We talked about this before. You have to make your food Instagrammable now. I mean, that's, that is the biggest thing you can do for marketing your restaurant. Does it look pretty? Can I stand in front of it with my girlfriend and make, you know, a, a viral thing? You know, and I think Serena closed down actually because I cooked there. Yeah, they, oh, I remember that. Uh-huh. You did your ceviche. I had thing. a ceviche night um, there, and you know, many people died. You know, but I mean, obviously, that, that was part of it. Yeah. Well, now Haru Mama is in its place. Everybody should go try that. That's mm-hmm. Hot Plates for this week. Uh, Archana keeps the Hot Plates column in San Diego Magazine, so make sure you guys subscribe if you don't already. Mm. Uh, and check Troy's blog throughout the month at SanDiegoMagazine.com because he also keeps track of, you know, news and, and chef scuffles and things like that throughout the month. And, and I just issues. found it was a good Chinese food in San Diego. You did a post It's like finding that. a unicorn. You know, like we haven't had great Chinese food in a long time. And uh, so that's why I, I point to it on the blog right now. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Oh, good. That's good. People right. have to go okay, click Okay, they're going to have to go click Let's it. see if that actually works. I don't think it's going to work. We're going to check Okay, that's out. fantastic. Uh, okay, we are thrilled to be sponsored this week by Brew 30. We're all sitting right inside it here at a nice high top table. We're at the Manchester Grand Hyatt, and we have Matt Rapping. Uh, you are the assistant food and beverage director here. Then you oversee operations for all of the venues here at the Manchester yeah, Grand correct, Hyatt. Correct. Which there's quite a few. Yeah, we have we have a few. It's a big hotel, so uh, we've got a lot of places for our guests to dine and uh, really enjoy themselves. So tell us a little bit about Brew 30. Uh, Brew 30 is a new concept for us. Um, you guys do this a lot. I'm sure it's not a new concept out there, but we're excited because uh, we do everything San Diego uh, and so much so that it's in our name, uh, Brew 30. So we're all about uh, San Diego beers. Um, we have 30 um, uh, drafts um, with cocktails and beer um, and all our local sp- uh, products. So every single beer except for one uh, is from San Diego County. Cool. That oh, one yeah. actually is from uh, Tijuana, our friends there to the south. Oh, which um, one is that? Insurgente. Insurgente. Yeah, have you had it? It's really, really good. Um, it's a whip beer. There's a really great uh, craft beer culture budding down there in, oh, yeah. uh, in Mexico. Mm. So we're excited to be a part of that. Um, and then we have, you know, everything from your uh, your friends over at Stone, your friends at Ballast Point, uh, some of those bigger names that people will see across the country, uh, as well as some more local places like Fall, like Resident, uh, some Rough Draft, uh, some of those smaller ones that, unless you live in the area or really follow beer, uh, you don't get to uh, enjoy those everywhere. Now, see, this is what I like because, I mean, you have a big hotel like this, which is obviously owned by a hotel group. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what you really struggle with is getting local products in there. When right. I and especially in San Diego, where we have such a strong craft beer culture, it was like, it's like when they redid the airport, you know, and they actually brought in Bankers Hill restaurants and everything else. Right. You know, how do you get a big corporation to buy into an all-local beer bar? 
You know what's really fun, um, and, and I've been with Hyatt for 14 years now, yeah. and we, we really have committed in our certain cities to um, focusing on what's local. Yeah. And I think that you're right. A lot of places don't do that, yeah. but we celebrate it. And looking at an opportunity like this, I mean, it's we call it low-hanging fruit. It's very easy right. for us to be able to say, hey, look at all this great beer that we have. Look yeah. at the, the culture around it. Why not um, you know, capitalize on that and really celebrate it? Yeah, because if I'm going to a city, I don't want to see the same thing in every single city. I don't no. want to see the same beers. I don't want to see the same wines. Right. I want to see, if I go to Austin, I want to taste Austin beers. If I go to San Diego, I want San Diego beers. But for a long time, it seems like hotels have been slow to embrace that. This is awesome. It's very cool. And tell everyone about your Super Brew Sunday specials that you have coming up. So we're really excited uh, for uh, the big game coming up here soon. Um, it's uh, Super Bowl 52, so uh, all we have some select beers that will be $5.20. Cool. Uh, we got a beer and burger promo, uh, and we'll have the big screen and all the sound, and uh, we'll be doing some, uh, some fun games and prizes and giveaways as well. So it'll be a lot of fun. Very cool. And really quickly before we're finished, tell us some about the food and the actual menu here because we've been stuffing our faces. You guys brought out like 11 uh, different dishes. I have yet to try this. What's this burger? Okay. What is this? We've <laughs> talked about this on this podcast. Yeah, and I'm this actually is the $250 million burger. Bill Gates has invested in this burger. But what's it called? It's called the Impossible Burger. It's an all-vegetarian burger that they have actually they've captured what they've put a real uh, beef patty in a computer machine and they captured the same like smells and scents and chemical compounds yep. and recreated the burger straight from plants and I just tried it I- I'm a little freaked out I'm a little <laughs> we it, get it, that a lot yeah. um, it you know people like a veggie burger it Uh-oh. doesn't it Uh-oh. doesn't and I think that it eats like a hamburger almost to the point where if you had somebody that was like it's vegetarian right they're gonna question you but it is 100% and it's delicious. And I think that, you know, with science these days, they're able to look at foods that people love and make them vegetarian. It's 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 scary. But it's like it's, the evolution awesome. of the scratch and sniff sticker. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it, really awesome. You scratch that burger and it smells like a real beef patty. Mm-hmm. It does. And another really good veg option that Archana can't tell you about because she's eating it right now yep. is this spicy <laughs> cauliflower that's fried with like a garlicky aioli. That's really good for like a vegetarian option. There's pretzel bites. What else? We've got duck wings. Yeah, we've got wings. I mean, our goal was to do really simple good food. And I think that uh, in today's day and age, restaurants, they need to focus on that. So that's what we chose to do. And for us, what's better than a burger and a beer? And so, you know, we worked with our meat company. They do a special blend for us. Um, we you know, do everything in-house that we can. Um, we have a local, you know, bread company, Sadie Rose, that we use for oh, our buns. Sadie Rose is good. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, we use local field greens for the salads. I mean, you name it, if we can do it in San Diego, we do, and we do it in-house. And uh, the chef is really, really proud of uh, of the new menu, and we worked really, really hard. A lot of research and development, which you guys are doing right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> research and development. Can you, speaking of research and development, can you pass me that pork belly um, burger? Hey, there, you talked about 17,000 calories. There's <laughs> None if you close your eyes. So you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, you guys, for sponsoring the podcast today. We've Absolutely. been talking with Matt Rapping. You're the assistant food oh. and beverage director here at the brand new Brew 30 at the Manchester Grand Hyatt. Thanks so much. Thank you. And now we are thrilled to welcome our special guest, you guys. We have Judith Downey, and you are an archivist at Cal State San Marcos, and you're working on the Brew Cive, which is a collection of historic papers related to San Diego's beer scene. Everything from recipes, brewer logs, trade publications, and more. Uh, this spring, the school is debuting an engineering 
certificate, I'm, I'm assuming that's engineering and beer mm -hmm. somehow tied together, yep. that combines the science and business of the craft beer world. Welcome. Thanks so much for coming all the way down. Well, thank you so much. This is really fun. My first po podcast. <laughs> How the hell did you get this job? <laughs> I was in the right place at the right time, and I never say no. Was that, was that place a bar? <laughs> no. Um, well, you're a historian, right, by trade? Yeah, um, I'm actually, my formal title is Special Collections and History Librarian, so I work with the students majoring in history at Cal State San Marcos. But uh, the engineering program, like all other programs being proposed for the campus, have to run through an approval process, and part of that is to come to the library so that we can review the proposal and see if we have the resources needed. Mm -hmm. And of course, we're going, well, what have we got on making beer? What have we got on the chemistry of beer? What have we got on the history of beer? And um, our associate dean, who is actually a home brewer, and surfer said that helps yeah yeah and she said well um who's collecting the history and yeah i was thinking the same thing so i investigated and i found that the san diego history center has the prohibition pre-prohibition and prohibition era materials there's very little left because of course when prohibition hit everybody threw it away we, threw it, we're nothing, we didn't we didn't be here no yeah nah, nothing we're to see we're never gonna have beer again so let's just get rid of everything interesting and uh so i went well nobody's collecting the current history that's going on in what i consider the third wave of san diego brewing which is from 1987 on so we said we're gonna do it and i have a very supportive dean jen fabby who just said yeah let's make this happen and we got an advisory group together and um they gave us some ideas and gave us some contacts, and I have been, ever since last year, reaching out to all the breweries, large, small, the home brewers, people who love beer, saying, I want your stuff, <laughs> because if we don't collect it, we won't have anything to use for research purposes, we won't have anything to show off, and it's been phenomenal. So are you collecting actual hard copy archives of things like recipes and contracts, and what, what else do you have? Well, actually, um, we've got things like Greg Lorton, who's a local home brewer. He was president of Quaff, which is the quality ale and fermentation fraternity here in San Diego. Many of our pro brewers have come out of Quaff. They were home brewers to start. Quaff helped them, encouraged them, helped push them forward. Well, Greg gave me his 30 years of brew logs, and I digitized all those, wow. and so they're on the website, brewchive.org. No way. Yeah. So you can really see the, the nascent, I mean, obviously. You can crap. see the ingredients they use. Greg has, you know, some, like, tasting notes, which ones won awards at various competitions. Uh -huh. He also has mead and cider and sicer. Uh, Wait, not what, so is, many of those. what is Sicer? Sicer, it, oh, I knew somebody would ask me that. Sicer <laughs> is... Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're like, look, I'm just, I'm, I'm collecting it, the information. It's a cider that's not um, apple-based. Okay. Is what, okay, is there you what go. my understanding is. I'm, I'm still learning because I didn't grow up in a beer-drinking culture. So. Well, wasn't Sicer the, um, the, the press liaison for Trump for a while? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That took you a little... If it was quicker, it would have been funny. <laughs> Edit the pause out. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I love a challenge, and I've been with Cal State San Marcos since 1994. I actually was a student there, and um, I was ready for something new, a new challenge, and to develop a, an archive from scratch, which yeah. we do have the campus history as an archive. We have the point, the uh, Eki family, the Poinsettia people. We uh -huh. have accepted their papers and are processing three generations worth of business and family records. And, you know, that's great for people who are into agriculture, but 
With the engineering program coming on, this is really going to be appropriate and really support what our students are doing and also give us a lab for history students to come in and work with archival materials. Right. That's my plan anyway. Uh -huh. Oh, you want to have a lab that's and just open to the public. Cool. Yeah. No. So to anyone listening that wants to donate to that lab. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. No. Money is always helpful because archival storage materials are very expensive, but you know, I've, I've had a number of people give me things like tap handles. I've got a couple of early Coronado tap handles. I've got one from Manzanita Brewing, which was only oh, open a short amount yeah. of time in the early 90s. Yeah. Um, I've got all kinds of wonderful things that some people have collected over time, and they're looking at it saying it's cluttering it up. Nobody can enjoy it. I give it to the archive, and everybody can enjoy it because yeah. we do have a website, but we're gradually going to digitize more. Not everything will all, all be digitized. I mean, that's just a manpower issue if nothing sure. else now can you tell me some like shocking stories that you've seen are not shocking <laughs> but when you're when you're going through some of them i imagine there's a moment you're like oh my god how interesting well um i didn't realize uh greg cook of stone gave us his personal archive which is um from when he was quite young until about 2003 and then everything else is pretty much at stone and i'm hoping to get my hands on that as well <laughs> wow but uh greg when he was young he collected soda cans. All of his friends were collecting beer cans and his parents wouldn't let him collect beer cans, so he collected soda cans from around the world. No way. And I see that as his development of interest in beverages. Exactly. You know, so it's yeah. like you never know where something that you do as a child is going to take you. Oh but my God. I've also done a lot of research um, because my primary interest for myself are women in brewing, yeah. whether yeah. they're brewers or they're in some sort of marketing or or whatever, but I'm also very interested in the pre-prohibition women that were in San Diego. People don't realize that there were women involved, not as brewers, but they were stockholders. Um, huh. A couple of their first brewers, when they passed away, their wives continued the brewing business in partnership with other people that were nearby, you know, because brewing is a kind of a physical thing, and especially if you've got yeah. small children that you're raising, you know, it's just you know, bringing some help. Mm -hmm. But it, I want to bring women back into the picture because women were really the first brewers. You know, they were part of the story from the very beginning. From the very beginning. And now we're seeing a little bit of resurgence of that mm -hmm. in women's involvement in the brewing industry. There's like what the Pink Boot Society, right? Mm -hmm. right? A few others, you know, that are celebrating women and really, you know, giving women confidence mm -hmm. and a support group and everything else to be in a really male-dominated yeah. industry. Yeah, Pink Boots has let me become a member, even though I don't earn my income from beer. That's you have to be, you have to earn your income from the beer profession in some way, shape, or form to actually qualify as a member. But I said, hmm. well, I'd be a supporter or something, and they said, oh, we'll let you in. So that was real nice of them because they're an incredible group of women here in San Diego. Laura Ulrich, who's the small batch brewer at Stone Escondido right now, is the national president for Pink Boots, and awesome. she was one of the very early, early, early members of Pink Boots when it was founded. So she. I've done an oral history with her about her as developing as a brewer and her role in pink boots and stuff. We should publish that. I know. It, it, well, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, we haven't transcribed it yet. I've got okay. it in a digital recording, but I haven't transcribed it hmm. with all the things you do to things when you make an oral history Oh, we, we got interns. We're good. Yeah, <laughs> we're going we're to get that published. Uh -huh. Everybody watch for that. And, now, and aren't there a couple of female um, owned and operated yes. breweries? Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, Stephanie Epig of JNL Epig is... I've done an oral history with her, and she was telling me about her family history, which apparently J and L Epig, who were, I believe, great uncles, I always get the numbers of greats confused, um, got tied up with the mob. They were brewing during Prohibition. Really? And when Prohibition ended, the mobster took over the brewing operation, and they couldn't go to the police and say, hey, he just robbed us, because <laughs> they would have had to admit that they had been 
illegally right. brewing. Right. So. <laughs> so you must be really popular on campus. I mean, are students reacting well to this? And is word getting out that oh, you're working on this project? Excited. I mean, there's got to be students doing research that want to, you know, hook up with you. Yeah, we're really not too too ready for research yet because I'm. Okay. I mean, there's just me. I'm yeah. collecting. I'm publicizing. Obviously, I'm trying to do all the processing and everything. But as I'm hoping by fall that we'll actually have the collection fairly organized. And of course, the more that comes in, the more I have to process. But students are constantly like, yeah, I'm really interested. And it's great when I go in to teach a class because I, I go into classes and I don't teach a full semester. I teach them how to do research. And I generally pull up my beer research. And of course, everybody goes, lights Whoa. up. And they're paying attention. Everybody puts down their phone. What? Yeah. Excuse yeah. me? Okay, I have, a, I have a quest for you. I want you to go and get the $1 billion contract from Ballast Point. I want that to be like in a framed case somewhere that we can all go look at and be like, no, they actually paid a billion dollars for that company. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Um, I do have the articles of incorporation for the San Diego Brewers Guild, Hmm. which was signed by Greg Cook of Stone. That's awesome. He was kind of the genesis of the San Diego Brewers Guild. He said we all need to work together. And so he made it happen, and he signed the Articles of Incorporation. Question so. for you. So if I'm inter- interested in Injibeering, mm-hmm. uh, what, what does Injibeering actually consist of? Injibeering is being offered through our extended learning program as a certificate, and it's going to be, I think of it as the science, the history, and the marketing, or the business of beer. Okay. And so there are all those different aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Some of the classes have been taught. Um, one of our history faculty has taught a history of beer class periodically. Um, One of our science, uh, she's one of our chemistry faculty, has been working with Stone on hops chemistry, and so that's being brought in. And actually, they've been doing some beer judging classes on campus Hmm. with (laughs) employees and faculty because they said once the students start brewing beer, they're going to need some local beer judges to evaluate their beers. Oh, my God. You should take that class. I'm going back to school. You can expense it. You should take that class. I'll sign the expense report. Old school. I know. (laughs) Oh, yeah, David, you should take it. Yeah, okay. Oh, my God. You just made my career so much better. Thank you. Thank you, Judith. I'm so glad. I mean, learning is lifelong. And, you know, and if it's something that you love or enjoy, why not? Absolutely. Okay, so really quick, remind everybody of the website where they can go and sort of check out all your progress. Right. If you go to Brewchive, B-R-E-W-C-H-I-V-E dot org, that will actually redirect you to our actual URL, which is longer and nobody can ever remember. So <laughs> birdguide.org will do it. And we, we will link to that at sandiegomagazine.com. Yeah. Um, Judith Downey, thank you so much for joining us. We have one hot topic, and we always end with our own personal recommendations of where we eat and drink. Sure. So hang around for a second. What do you guys think about this news about Ignite? What, what is this? Igniter is closing? Um, the San Diego Brewing Company is closing Igniter yes. in North Park at the end of this month. It's the second of the Igniter spots to close. Someone remind me what Igniter is. Okay, so H.G. Fenton, right? That's one of the, the oldest and most successful real estate um, companies in San Diego. Fenton Parkway, Mission Fenton, Valley. Fenton Parkway, exactly, okay. yeah. So they were seeing a lot of their, their, their young brew, upstart breweries not actually get through the construction process. Right. They, were, they would get mired down in building codes and building costs and everything else. So they formed um, Igniter to help these young brewers actually make it, I mean, sign a lease, build it out. Get it it's done. It's like an incubator. It's a kind okay. of an incubator, exactly. But so they're not working. And they, well, no, no, they're they're fine. They're I mean, working. Yeah. Some of them they are. Yeah. Well, yeah. it says it's closing the one in North Park. The San Diego well, Brewing Co. Yeah. is closing. Yeah. That's one of the igniter spots. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Got so it. there's there's a thing called Craft the building on 30th and El Cajon. It's got Epic. It's got Pariah. And then it had San Diego Brewing mm-hmm. Company. And that's the San Diego Brewing Company is the one that's closing. Mm-hmm. You Interesting. Know? Yeah. yeah. But Epic is actually opening up a second location. 
tonight's stop. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I just talked to Stephanie last week at Pink Boots. So, yeah. So, um, the fact that one of one brewer and an igniter closed, I don't. You know, I don't know the story behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, the brewer, there were actually two igniters right next to each other. Rolure Brewing was right next to Wise Guy, and Rolure does a lot of publicity, does a lot of advertising and stuff. Runs a lot of. You know, they just ran a cancer fighter fundraiser for a brewer from Mexico whose daughter is in stage four cancer. Hmm. So, you know, they do a lot of things and a lot of people are very aware of them. So whether it was a matter of marketing or something else going on, I don't know the story Well, and at some point, not every single brewery can be successful, even though we're San Diego. I mean, they can't all work, right? I mean, how many breweries are we up to now in San Diego? It's over 150. Over 100? Well, including the, the tasting rooms. It's probably about 135 to 140 actual breweries and then you've got t- satellite tasting rooms. Well, and Bruce Glassman always says that yeah, if you have that many and he always says they're not all good. Yeah, of course. They can't be. They're not going to be all, all be good and, and somebody's got to fail. Yeah. And you know, once you start flooding a marketplace with a, with a bunch of ideas, that some ideas are going to be eh, mediocre. You know, like my joke about Spicer. Yeah. <laughs> it was just bad timing. It was yeah. a good joke. Okay, yeah. thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Well, the 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 thing about You can't always be I love funny. the concept of an igniter because really for a brewer to get an ABC and a TTB license to actually operate and sell beer, they have to have already had their space and build it out. So Fenton is taking care of that with the igniter. Here's a built-out space. All you have to do now is go through all the licensing and all. They didn't have to put out all the expense for all the brewing equipment. I mean, how many hundreds of thousands of dollars? It's even a small system, your water filtrations, your drains, and all that other stuff. So really, for a lot of people, especially if they're small and they don't have a lot of funding, the igniter would be the way to go, recognizing that you're going to probably have a higher cost per month operating because you're paying rent and you're making up to Fenton the expense mm-hmm. that they put into the But you're not fronting those but several hundred thousand. Right. Those. Yeah. So you didn't start out in the hole. Exactly. You know? So, exactly. I mean, th- there is that. And if you look at Fenton's website, which I have, it does say that they consider the igniters as a startup. Mm-hmm. It's an incubator, which we, you know, you've already used that term, but it's for somebody to start and then expand from, you know, yeah. they're, because they have no way of building out any further. Right. It's not meant to be a permanent space. It's meant to get you up and going mm-hmm. until you have enough capital to do your own deal. Uh, right. It's the incubation room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Proof, proof of concept. Yeah. You take that preemie little baby, you know, and you just, you, you, you coddle it, coddle a little while mm-hmm. and give it, you know, a really nice, safe environment. And when it gets healthy mm-hmm. enough, it moves on. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, well, we're going to link um, to the Igniter so that you guys can read more about it. Sorry, San Diego Brewing Company is closed. Uh, hopefully that they're still doing okay down at their original location. Yeah. Um, and we are just about done with the happy half hour, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Um, we always end with our own personal recommendations of what we've been eating and drinking lately. So let me have it. Where have you guys been? Two people, 50 bucks. Archie? Okay, Nothing? I got two Nada? people, 50 bucks. Troy, what do you got? I'm in. All right. I was just reminded of how good this place is. You know, Carlsbad, we were talking about on the last um, podcast, is really waking waking up. It was an old, sleepy little beach town that felt way too touristy for a long time. I used to live up there. You know, now it's really getting some new businesses, getting new life and everything else. Go to Campfire. And here's what you're going to get for 50 bucks. You're going to order the brisket with kimchi aioli, pickle on a baguette. That's $13. You're going to get the bacon belly banh mi with jalapeno and cilantro. That's $26. That leaves you with two cocktails that you can get, including, they just released a new menu, the No Manches, which is tequila, falernum, fermented pineapple, lime, and Aztec chocolate, and then the So Pitted, which is scotch, averna, dates, lemon, and cinnamon. 
That sounds delicious. Yeah. I have one. Um, oh. I went to Hannah's Gourmet for brunch. I've mentioned it before, but I just love Hannah's. David's giving me the like fist pump that he loves it. I love it. It's just like so it's cute. never that crowded. It's just enough crowded, but I feel like a lot of people don't know about it. It's in Normal Heights. Um, right on Adams Avenue. Yep. I always get the eggs a la Fricane. It's like with fava beans and this really delicious um, cucumber yogurt. And then I get a short stack of the carrot cake pancakes because if you get the full stack, it's just absurd how much food they give you. Yep. And the carrot cake pancakes are not as like sweet and ooey gooey as you think. It's just really subtle. And they do Cafe Virtuoso Coffee, which is one of my favorites. Very cute one. We will link to that. How about you, Judith? Where would you go? Two people, 50 bucks. Well, I live in North County, so um, my current favorite is When Pigs Fly in Vista. There's another restaurant called The Flying Pig, which is a farm-to-table, nicer sit-down restaurant. When Pigs Fly actually has been operating out of a Quickie Mart gas station. Barbecue, pork, you know, you name it. It's just really good basic food. They've got about six different sides, seven different sides. They've got this wonderful peach cobbler for dessert. Ooh. But they just opened up a sit-down location on Main Street in Vista. Same menu. They're not open on Sundays at either location, which breaks my heart, because Sunday's always the day I crave pulled pork. <laughs> but you can definitely eat real well, and the sit-down location has six or seven craft local beer taps. So oh they God. definitely Wait. get my thumbs up. So you just you suggested something out of a gas station. That's very Texas barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Of you. I love I like that. I want you to be a correspondent. For a, <laughs> magazine. You need a lot of good stuff in there. Okay, well, we're going to find that and we'll link to it so yeah. you guys and can see Quick question. It. It's not associated with the flying pig. No, they are definitely different businesses. Okay, when pigs fly. Yeah, I, I'm yeah evidently the husband has been doing barbecue contest for years and he told his wife that he wanted to open up a barbecue restaurant and she said, when pigs fly. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay. She's on our podcast all the time. <laughs> she might have to join. I know. Co-host as a North County beer correspondent. <laughs> Absolutely. Correspondent at large. <laughs> okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, it does help us out on this podcast if you give us a review and you click the five-star thing on iTunes. That exactly. Really five stars. Or four stars. Or Let's not talk about three. And five stars, please. Yep. Thanks, guys. And visit SanDiegoMagazine.com for links to everything that we talked about. We'll be back next week. All right. Thank see you, you guys. Bye. <laughs>